I wanted, I want there to be a song. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there, there are a thousand songs that would be appropriate. But then I, but they just, they left my head. In my brain, it's like, um, there's a song from the 80s. She's a maniac. She's a oh, maniac. Oh, yeah, that was mine. Did me, right? And I'm like, he's a man among men. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. It's a dated pop culture reference, but it's okay because yeah, I'm old. Jen's favorite. When Jen does them, they're fine. Well, I'm not a 23-year-old. I know, bro, it's not Sarah, so. <laughs> I have some issues. We all have our pet peeves, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing shifters today because you all have been asking for them for literally years. <laughs> and here we are. I'm on deadline. You all know how January goes in February. It's We're just, just flying by the seat of our pants. Real wild over here, yeah. So it's shifters, but as I said to Jen, it's really about manimals. <laughs> well, and so why don't we introduce the podcast there? All right. And then we'll talk well, about my feelings. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Eric wants us introducing this podcast. <laughs> Fair. But you are, in fact, listening to Fate of Mates, everyone. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And I, so we like talked about several different things. I feel like this whole episode is just going to be like anything goes because it was like shifters. I was like, okay. And then Sarah's like, what if we do like, you know, like somebody messed with their DNA and that's what caused them to be. Well, yeah, I mean, right. As part of it. Yeah, like yeah. I want to like talk about Christian and stuff too. <laughs> but I felt. Yeah. I've been wanting to talk about this one particular series for a long time. And there's just no logic. There's never going to be a logical interstitial to do that in. So here we go. So we're doing it today alongside shifters. So that, but in in some case, so today you're getting animals. <laughs> I also, listen, I feel like I got a little distracted at the end. I think I'm going to have a little subsection. Super soldiers. Oh, Sure. That actually will, th- that'll tie in because this lady who I'm going to talk about also is a super soldier series. Okay. Because I was like, once you start talking cyborg. about them, like, right, they, somebody messed with them and then that changed yeah, them. Then I kind of exactly. like, I bumped into a different lane and drove for a while and then I had to come back and tell you what I discovered, everybody. Exactly. You like took the detour to see the world's largest ball of twine or whatever. And now you're back. I 100%. That's exactly what happened because romance is the best. And I, that's what happened Exactly. To me. Any road trip in romance ends with just a lot of other experiences yes. along the way. Oh, shifters. Shifters. So let's talk about them because I think part of the reason there's always a lot of discussion about like, oh, Sarah and Jen, why don't you do more paranormal yeah. on the podcast? And it is an excellent question because this podcast, everyone, aside from being free, which is why you're all stuck <laughs> listening to us talk about <laughs> whatever DNA we want yeah. and animals, um, is it began as a love letter to Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark series. By the way, everyone, we know the Monroe episode never released, and the reason why is because the audio files were all messed up. So if you missed that live, sorry. We'll talk, we'll touch on it the next time there's a IAD book out. But there you we go. have other plans. So we've moved on. I hate to say it. Anyway, but, but Monroe is in fact a shifter. So it's true. Here he is. It's true. We're, we're doing it. Um the so it was a love letter to Cressley Cole's Immortals After Dark series, which is what re- Eric refers to as Monster Mash. Yes. Meaning there are, it's all of, everything's in there. 
vampires, demons, uh, dark fae, my personal favorite, Uh werewolves, witches, ghosts, phantoms, gods, primordial beings, anything you want. Mothman is referenced, (laughs) not CM Nascosta's Mothman. That's a different kind of thing. Um, But like there, it's all there. Anything that exists, exists. So we spent a full calendar year, basically, talking about all of these books and really like going deep. Yes. And then I think we just were like, well, we've said now all the things we 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 have to say about paranormals. And then we did, we've done deep dives on Monster Romance and J.R. Ward. And we sort of talked, yeah, we talked about Monster Romance. So we sort of touched on paranormal over the years. But we've never really analyzed, like, we've never done vampires, have we? Or we've never, like, we've never done, like, because it feels like we've, we were there that one time. I think the thing, part of the reason Shifters, I think, bubbled back up is because after Omegaversity, where I really mm-hmm. did straight up through like half of the episode still was like, yeah, but they're shifters, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I guess not. I still today was like, uh, we, sh- are we sure? Are, is there no Omega first? I think I, there are, but we just don't know. Yeah, I know. So I think that's part of why shifters came back up. And also, I think what's interesting is with there's been like a a bit of a tweak in the shifter, like a like a kind of a new shifter trope, which is the rejected mate trope. Uh. And so I feel like there's been some interesting new developments in the land of the shifter. So I think yeah, maybe so that's another reason why it's kind of interesting to me. I think so too. I was thinking today about how like the way I think of shifters is very much like a early aughts kind of like yeah. shifters as being like gruff alpha like yes bros right Right. which is and now still what i like if we're being honest because i'm garbage sure trash but but now shifters have become a little more emotionally open yeah i think so wait i i had not intended this but i do think that it's worth just talking about the mcgreaves for just a moment our Probably favorite werewolves. Yours. The, I'll say yours. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Because yep. I think, like, Gareth McGreeve is pretty great. And I like McGreeve McGreeve. I like Gareth McGreeve. <laughs> okay, I, I would fine. agree to that statement. I'll say it. My favorite werewolves are <laughs> the McGreeves. Cressley Cole's McGreeves. Um, you meet them early in Immortals yep. After Dark. Bowen McGreeve uh, is... I like- no, he's a dick. Fine. Uh, he's like, as Adriana likes to say, a big fuck boy, but... Yeah. Um, and he is. He is. He's the jerk to his heroine for a long time. Yeah. So, the Bowen McCree... I don't... Everybody, I don't remember the titles of any of these books, <laughs> but we'll put them in the in the, in sure. the photo array um, on the main page of the website. Uh, Bowen McCree is where we... He... It's like a big road trip romance. It's a quest... Yeah, part of the essentially the amazing race, but Monster Mash, make it Monster Mash. Um, Gareth McGreeve is also a quest for yeah. a ring of immortality or no, a wing that grants you three wishes. I can't remember. It's an important, sure, it's an important ring. Um, but he that is a road trip through the Amazon. We'll come back to jungles later in this episode. 
Um, then there's McGreeve McGreeve. Yes. That I do remember because the title of the book is McGreeve. <laughs> That's when um, she started being kind to us. Like these dummies aren't going to remember. Listen. McGreeve. I was like, thank you. Monroe. That is not for early consumption, that book in the IED universe, but I really love it. Your mileage may vary. And then there's Monroe McGreeve. And that is the most recent book in IED. And I think that's it, right? Those are the werewolves? I think so. No, Those Lachlan. Are the shifters. Lachlan. Lachlan is Lach- is McCreeve McCreeve. I guess. Oh, wait. No, Lachlan is not McCreeve McCreeve. The first book is a vampire and a werewolf. Yeah. Look at us. I don't even remember this series. I spent <laughs> a whole year thinking about it. You know, it's been a while. We've had anyway, 800 but million well, romance Lachlan. novels between them. Yeah, he's like the king of the werewolves. And then the He's McGreeves the are like a... And he gnaws off his own leg. What a man. To escape <laughs> chains of fire because he senses His faded mate. faded mate on the Champs-Élysées. So sure. this is really, the, that was the beginning of Jen and my friendship. <laughs> it was the beginning of this podcast. It's why you're all here, even if you never read those books or listened in the first series. Right. This is why you're all here. Anyway, so that is Cressley Cole and the McGreeves. I can't believe that I forgot Loughlin. I'm going to go and, you know, punish myself later. Sure. Subject yourself to the wolf um, hologram. Yes. <laughs> oh, the wolf hologram. Right. Okay. I do think one of the things that's interesting about the, like, the werewolf mythology is how different authors do have, like, different little tweaks that they have, right? So in the Cressley Cole verse, it's like they letting the beast out of its cage is what it's called but like their wolf essentially is like this like projected on yeah right it's really interesting they're still like a people yeah in this case men right yeah lady werewolves don't survive it's rough out there no that's lady Um, vampires don't survive there's a lady werewolf who's jealous of what's her name when she comes and lives at his house emmeline remember it doesn't maybe skip that part then okay we don't know (laughs) I don't know anymore. <laughs> anyway, we're all over the place here with Cressley. But the point is, you were all with us for Cressley. We'll put we'll put um the books in the photo array on the website so you can see which of the shifter book which books Cressley has are shifter books. Yeah. Um and that is it. Those are the there are those are her shifters. She doesn't do other animals. No, she has some demons and witches and stuff, but yeah, that's the only but, one. Yeah. So can we talk about the appeal? Yes, of the shifter. Because I do think that the reason why I started with Cressley is because I feel like those were the books that then taught me I loved a shifter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it is they always come with a pack. And I feel like it's like essentially paranormal found family. Sure. So I do think for me, a big part of the appeal is often like I'm a loner, but now I have a pack, right? Like there's a way in which that's really comforting um, to everybody involved. Um, I also think that the way that plays out in these books is that like men have friends, right? Like these yeah, it gives it forces men to have a yeah community like a yeah. community and one that's like really like deeply embedded in like the way they operate in the daily world, and I think that is that it, is also you know I'm sure you and I have read all the same articles about like men who don't have any friends in real life like you know human uh-huh. men 
And so I do. I think there's part of yeah, it is. I think it is. Like, I, I, when I think about it, like, the sort of, like, watching them, like, have to grapple with, like, those relationships is something. I, I It's not the main appeal in the romance part, but I do think that's a mm-hmm. big part of the appeal to, like, like, of the series, right? Like, I just want to keep reading yes. about them, right? Like, it's a really yeah. strong building block for a romance series. Well, and in a lot of these situations, and this is not just true of, of shifter romances because I you think about like the Black Dagger Brotherhood, right? Which mm-hmm. is all vampires yes. and that's they all live together. But like the McGreaves all live together in like a clan structure, right? Like I feel right. like the logical next step, the maybe the shifter romance, um, at least this kind of communal shifter romance, which is what we started to see in early in the, you know, nineties and aughts, right? Yeah. Is something that um, it feels like a natural extension from Scottish, yes, historicals, yes, right. Agreed. Where there was a clan and there was a laird and there was sure. all of these packs have alphas and like the alphas in charge and he, yeah. you know, takes care of all the shows all the young ones how to be yes, and it's often like a sage piece of advice for a long time until he falls for his person. Agree. I think that's a really good point. Well, and then I think just in, like, terms of the romance, like, these are, like, real alpha dudes, right? Like, they're, super like... Super protective. Super protective. Real warm. But, like, warm and cuddly. Like, right? Like, they definitely want to, like, like, lay in bed with you. Well, yeah. It's, like, that whole, <laughs> right? like, the wolf piece often is, like, and then she, like, scratched his... Yeah. You know, he, they like to be... They're tactile. They like to yes. be touched. Yes. These right? guys, they like to touch. Like, there's... And they're it's warm-blooded. Not just, like, Right. Every time they touch, like they have to bang it out. It's like they yeah. just like, yeah, right. They're cozy. Yes, and I do. I think that's a big appeal because one of the things about like, va- I mean, so like the triumvirate, right? It's like wolf is, w- wolves and vampires, and like I would say before, like the big monster thing. Maybe it's just the two of them. Like those were like the paranormal creatures you could interact Twilight with, style, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, you're kind of choosing between, like, these two very different, like, archetypes. Cold versus warm, yeah. Yes. And I do. I think that's, like, a really big part of it is, like, you know, they have, like, a den and it's cozy and that sounds nice. Also, listen, before Shifters existed, romance heroes liked to smell. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh God, yes. I mean, we know this, right? It's yes. it's like Jamie Roman. Green's point about like all I know I'm reading a romance novel when everyone notices everyone else's eye color. Right. Like, yes, but you really know you're reading a romance novel when everyone notices how everyone else smells. Yes. Of course. Of course. So yeah, I mean, I do. I think like it really it's primordial, like for the characters, but I think for like romance readers too. Like it just really is it really it hits all those buttons. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Jess K. Hardy, author of Come As You Are. Jen, I bought this book two weeks ago without even knowing that Jess was going to advertise on Faded Mates. Because listen, I one-clicked this book when I read the back cover of it. First of all, it has a Kate Claiborne quote on it. And if Kate loves a book, I love a book. That's just how it goes. But more importantly, Ashley and Matthew are our hero and heroine, and they are of an age. They like wore flannel when it was cool in the 90s. 
probably had a subscription to Rolling Stone, definitely cried when Kurt Cobain died. Who didn't, Sarah? I mean, I did. <laughs> and I was like, I feel, I feel this deep in my soul. Anyway, Ashley is newly divorced, and she is really struggling to save her family's ski resort. She, they have this, like, cute little ski resort um, in the mountains, and her credit cards are maxed out, and her cheating, terrible ex-husband is trying to take over the resort because he has plans. He thinks he can do it better than her. And so she goes out and she hires, because she doesn't have a ton of money to hire workers from all over, she goes to a local sober living home and hires um, all the men who are work- who are living in the sober living home and and going through rehab to try and, you know, get themselves together. This house is run or this home is run by Matthew Madigan, an ex-grunge rocker. You know, Perfect. I love an aging rock star. And he has devoted basically his entire life for the last decade to like making this home thrive and ensuring that all the people who come through it leave thriving. So he meets uh, Ashley and immediately like this guy who was swore off everything good in the world to like just be a good guy is like, oh, wait, I'm feeling feelings. Maybe he's going to make her a mixtape. I bet. Listen, I hope so. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. Is on my Kindle waiting for me. So listen, if it sounds awesome, if you're Gen X and you want to read it, or if you want to see the thinking process of a Gen X reader, <laughs> if you would like to read a book where every single character knows who Matthew Modine is, I think this is the book for you. So everybody, you can find out more about Come As You Are on Jess's website at jesskhardy.com. And Come As You Are is available on KU. So check it out, everybody. And thank you to Jess for sponsoring this episode. I think the other thing, and like we've talked about this before, this isn't going to be something new that we've said, which is, I know a lot of people do not like faded mates, right? Or insta-love. But in real life, People like sort of gauging a romantic partner's interest, commitment. You know, are you reading the signals right? Like, you know, like uh, dealing with like it on a screen and it's like swipe right, swipe left. You know what I mean? Like all of that is so confusing. How do you Uh know if someone's really into you? Well, girl, you fucking know what these men are. Like these shifters, they're they're into you. They're into you. But also, I think it's a struggle that people have with Fated Mates, and we've never done a Fated Mates interstitial either because we did Cressley Cole for sure. 18 <laughs> episodes. But the but the thing about Fated Mates that is so compelling when it is written well, yeah. the, I'm sorry, let me say, the reason why I think Fated Mates is a challenge for a lot of readers mm-hmm. is because in the hands of a, you know, lesser author... It's often used, the trope is used simply to say, like, well, they're faded and therefore. Yes. Right? They're faded on page 15 and therefore, and then there's an external conflict. Right. That they have to, there's like a big bad they have to fight. And there's no internal kind of, well, what if, like, what if we don't like each other? What if we're, what if we're not faded mates? What if we're... So the best, in my opinion, the best Beta Mates books, and this is because I'm a conflict evangelist, is are the ones where the the mate the mating the fate itself is playing a joke on them in yeah, many ways, right? right? So right. like that first, a hunger like no other, that first IAD book, 
the reason why that faded mate structure works is because he's a werewolf and she's a vampire and they are mortal enemies. Right, right. And right. so, like, it doesn't matter if fate has thrown you together. You have to, you, you hate each other. Right, right. Well, and I think that that's, like, when I think about, that's why I think, like, the rejected mate, like, sub-trope is of such interest here because when we read Faded Mates books, like, they, there's, like, no question that they just have to give in. And with these, like, rejected mates tropes, like, and I've read the ones by Kate Wells. I don't think I've read other ones. Like, they really are like, no, I'm good. And then you see, like, what the outcome of that really is. Like, what happens when you really do reject the person that you are supposed to be with? Like, what kind of betrayal? What does that really look like? And, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, the thing about shifters, I think, is just, like, they're sexy, Sarah. It's fine. They're sexy. You know I mean, right. okay. Sure. Sexy. Primordial. Does it ma- <laughs> and now, I will say, though, it's what's interesting, too, is I think we've sort of so far talked about wolves as the default for, like, the shifted animal. Mm-hmm. But I think the other really big change you're getting now is, like, okay, well, there's bear shifters or tiger shifters or lion shifters or whatever, right? Yeah. I think that's the other thing you can really play around with is there's one where he shifts into a hedgehog. And, like, for sure, it was, like, an author, I'm sure, was it was, like, a dare, right? Like, someone was like, okay, fine. But I do think it's really interesting, too, to then think, like, okay, so if it's a different animal, then, like, what is the outcome going to be? I mean, I think Nalini sings plays around this better than anybody, right? So in the um, side-changing's world, like, there are lots of different kinds of shifters. And then depending on that, like, it is, like, what they do, right? So they're not main characters, but there are, like, rat shifters who live in the city that are, like, information specialists, right? And when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know if I like that because I live in a city and rats are not my thing. But, like, it's brilliant, right? It really is. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some shifters are, like, bigger and they protect and, other, you know, so I do think that there's other ways, too, that then you create, like, a shifter hierarchy if it's, like, a whole world you're building, which is cool. Yep. Also, you can't do this without talking about sex. Nope. Right? Correct. And I think that one of the things that shifter romances did for us in, like, 2010, <laughs> right? Yeah. Was really unlock some of this kinky shit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It 100%. suddenly there were we were given permission as readers and it seems so long ago. Like this is a generation ago yes. in romance, right? Yeah. But I one of my picks, in fact, let's just get into it cuz yeah. I think it's relevant. Right. Um so my first pick is a uh, a series called the Feral Warriors series by Pamela Palmer. Okay. And let me tell you, <laughs> when I first read, I feel like this this was the series that really like opened my eyes to like how kinky paranormal could be, could get. Yeah. I read it before I read Black Dagger Brotherhood, which was like Ooh, my first okay. like into. And and um the premise is so there's it's very cool. There are these. There are thirteen feral warriors, right? And each one of them, they are they are 
they it's set outside of Washington, D.C. in like a normal in our normal time. Um, and these 13 warriors together like are saving the world. Right. They're like keeping darkness at bay. Um, and each one of them shifts into a different kind of animal. So okay. there's like the fox and the and the lion and the tiger and the panther and the wolf and the whatever, right? Like there's one right. of everything. There's a viper. And um each one shifts into a different thing. And obviously the setup for the series was that there would ultimately be, you know, 13 books or however many books. Um but the premise is that in order for their full power to be unleashed, they have to have a ri- all of these are men, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we should say before we even start, like there is a lot of like gender essentialism in these books that is yes. sort of baked in. And that's just kind of how it is, which isn't yes. great on the reread, but is there. And so right. I want to acknowledge it. Each of them are men, but in this particular universe, all of the characters, in order for their full power to be unleashed and for them to be able to, like, channel the Earth or whatever, I don't, I forget what they're channeling, but whatever, for their power, they have to have a woman at the center of the pack. And her name, her, she's called the Radiant, and there's one of every generation. So here's the deal. When a lion shifter, for example, dies, um, a year maybe goes by where the pack doesn't have a lion shifter. And then a new one is found. And so it's not, it is literally found family. Like, these guys don't know each other oh, until they've, they've, like, awakened yeah. as a shifter. So she, though, is the essential piece. Like, they can't they can't survive or thrive without her existing. And she channels all the energy of the Earth, right? It's very mystical. Well, their um, radiant has died. And so they okay. and this new and this the heroine Kara has been awakened as the radiant in this pack. And she doesn't know it. She thinks she's just like a rando person who lives in Alexandria. Right. Like well, amazing. I love that. And then one day she comes home to her apartment and in her apartment is like this beast of a dude. Like he's huge. He's handsome. He has a golden mane. What do you Fine. think he's going to turn into? A lion. His name is Lion. Name is Destiny. I'm not mad about it, Sarah. Not right? at all. <laughs> so, and he's like, you're our radiant. You're, it's required, like, you have to come with me. And she's like, hang on a second, buddy. What is a radiant? Yeah. And then, and he's like, listen, you're mine. I can tell you're mine. You're, uh, you just have to trust me. We have to go back to, like, the place where all of the shifters live. And on sure. the way back, there's, like, a little road trip where they go back. And the whole way, like, they're just into each other. They are faded mates. Yeah. Like, he wants her. It's, like, very mine, 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 mine. She's like, this guy's, like, hot. I'm into it. But what's going on? They get back to the thing. And it turns out that in order for her to be, like, come into her full radiance, yes. she has to, like, have an orgasm in front of the whole group. Listen. And, like, he, like it's, like, a thing. Sure. Right? Of course. Now, listen, before we come, I'm going to come back around to this orgasm in front of the whole group. But what's fascinating about this and the the conflict of this, because you would think, like, this is what I was saying, first 35 pages, like, they're into it. Like, you're yeah. like, these two are just going to be incendiary, right? The um, 
But the conflict is that once they do this sort of, fa- there's a ritual where they claim, like one claims the radiant as his mate and it yeah. changes every generation. And she, he's like, she's mine. I can feel it. Yeah. And she, and he's like, um, and so there it is. They're having this like ritual where the mating, the claiming happens of the fated mates and something, I forget what it is, but something has to happen in order for the fated mates thing to happen. Sure. And it turns out she's, He's not the one who's faded to her. And then you're like, oh, shit. What happens next? Right. What happens next? And so it's great. I'm not going to spoil it because it's really fun. And if you're going to go read it, it's really, really a a fun ride. And of course, like, it all works out in the end. But the reason why I brought this up first, this series, is because, like, orgasms. Yeah. are critical to the plot <laughs> of this series. Like, she gets wounded at one point, and, like, some doctor turns up, like, some shifter doctor turns up, and he's like, well, she just has to have, like, a super <laughs> mega orgasm, and there has to be penetration. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, that makes, cl- that's, sure, checks obvious. out. <laughs> that's science. <laughs> and so, oh, um, so true. But what's wild about it is I actually went to Goodreads, this morning to look at reviews of this book and it has it starts like there are a bunch of one star reviews yeah. from 2010 yeah of people being like this book like the sex was so weird yeah like it was so like why were there so many orgasms that were like <laughs> orgasms as a sort of as a source of power like what is this like yeah. a real um look back yeah. Into a time in romance. Like now, when I describe this, this sounds like basically tame. Yeah, right. Exactly. To, like sounds great. Like whatever's yeah. out there now. But yeah, I really, really interesting. think shifter romances, even more than vampires, even more than vampires in a lot of ways, I think shifter romances widened the pool. Like, yes, of what we would accept as traditional readers, in terms of kink. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. I think that's a really good point. Well, and I will say, too, like, the thing about faded mates when it comes to sex is it's often, like, you might not have thought you were going to be into this, but you are. hmm And so, yeah, it, like, makes sense that they would then, that's how it would work out, Right. Yeah. I've never read those. I'm going to read the them. The real bummer, you should. You would really enjoy them. Yeah. And um, the real bummer about these books, unfortunately, is that um, the series was never finished. Ugh. Hard. I think there are maybe five. It really is such a commitment. I mean, like these big, long-running, it's really hard to sustain them, right? I mean, I found myself really becoming a fan of... Like, okay, there's three or four books, and it's a person who I trust. They write, write a lot, but, like, this particular series is not, you know, 27 mm-hmm. books long. It's hard to get into those series. It can be. Um, so can I talk about Mina Carter? Please. Okay. I would love it if you would. So here's someone who is, again, a very prolific author, but I'm going to talk about the Project Rebellion series, which is, again, only four books. And in this series, the first book is called Perfect Mate. The shifters and so essentially shifters have been created in a lab by like evil government operatives, right? So I was like really leaning into like the manimal part, right? Like 
they just start off as like regular soldiers and that, you know, they signed up for some kind of experimentation, didn't really quite know what was going on. Although it's really interesting because in the first book, the main character's name is Jack Harper. He has been turned into a lichen, right? Essentially a werewolf. Um, but they're also, it, there's like several different types of like kind of monsters they're making. So another group of, they're also making bloods, which are vampires. And in this case, um, it's a there's a woman who's a blood, who's the heroine of the second book. But then they also were trying to experiment with like one of these two things and then ended up figuring out that they could also make zombies, which I think are called like RAs, like they're like revenants or something. I can't remember what that stands for. So in book number one, um, Jack is a like in a werewolf. He's been he's been kind of taken captive and the government has all these like holding pens essentially for people. And um, for, like, their different monsters that they're making. And everybody thinks that the lichens are just, like, wild. Like, right? Like, they're uncontrollable. Like, they've been turned into werewolves, but they can't work together anymore. They just, like, once they're overtaken by their werewolf at night, like, they just, you know, are, like, a they can't fight, like, this new instinct that they have. But, and so he ha and his crew has have essentially been put out to pasture in this civilian hospital, right? And it's like like this this like hidden wing and the military has essentially taken over and Lillian is the manager of the hospital. And she hears this like sound coming from like this one area and she goes to investigate and he's like it's her, she's my mate. And this book, I'm not going to lie to you, the whole entire first three quarters of the book is them like fighting their way out of the hospital, right? Like essentially they know the government is coming to get them. The vampire woman works for the government and she's coming to like sort of shut it down. You know, they're like the logical ones. And she's the one who figures out like, wait, these guys actually are not at the mercy of their werewolfness, right? Mm. And so Lillian helps them escape because she realizes that she's like really strongly attracted to Jack and it's just, like, a really great, almost, like, pure romantic suspense, but it's, like, Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Right? I love it. Yeah. It's terrific. And I just feel like it's also a really smart introduction to the world because we get, like, the conflict between, like, the werewolves and the, you know, the vampires and, you know, the zombies and how it all works. And mm -hmm. um, the second book is going to be one of the werewolves in this, like— woman who's a vampire and of course they're not supposed to be you know but it was really action-packed and you know i also feel like another reason i probably really like a lot of these books is that they are action-packed like i like a yeah. lot of conflict and these books have a lot of conflict and so you know right it's just like and it just go, go, feels go, go. like yeah romantic suspense you know when you look at the kind of map of how these how romance has What's been up and what's been down over the years, right? Uh -huh. Romantic suspense was huge in the 90s. And then it took a big dip. Yeah. And what? We all sort of said, oh, well, the romantic suspense is over. But it wasn't over because it came back yeah. with these, like, super mega sure. heroes. Yeah. I mean, romantic suspense always had super mega heroes. But now it now has these, like, literally, super heroes. Yeah. And I would argue that by, like, the mid-aughts, like 2006, 2007, we were starting to see heroines who were equally as powerful. Right. Or, like, 
in the case of the book that I was just talking about, yeah, like channel like required in order for the power to be like at its height. Yeah. And in this um, case, Lillian is like doesn't really know that she has that in her, but uh-huh. she like kind of intuitively knows how to like handle the pack and like yeah, you know, like, like there's we a- start to see yeah. Heroines who had shops. Right. Like there's a whole great part in here. This and this book, I think this is also part of the reason I like the more recent ones. And this is like not really a spoiler. This book came out in 2018. So it's a couple years old, but not like the 2010 mm-hmm. style where she's like their bad guys are coming. Right. And she's like, give me a gun. And he's like, no, I'll protect you. And so she goes and like breaks open and Shut gets up. herself like a fire, like a fire axe. You yeah. Because she's yeah. like, you're not going to leave me. And then she fights off like zombies with her fire axe. And Good. I'm like, and that was, I think, part of it is she was not willing to like you know, be put in the corner, right? No, it was great. It was great. So I want to talk about Christine Fian. Because, <laughs> I mean, we should. you really can't talk about shifters, I don't think, without talking about Christine Fian. It's Agreed. like talking about vampires, but not talking about Anne Rice, right? Right, like, right. Um, and so I think um, Christine has been writing for, I say Christine like I know her. I don't know her. She's, she, I mean, I want to know her very badly. I would think she's probably one of the, like, the mothers of modern paranormal series. Her dark Carpathian series is often people point to it as like, oh, like, that's it. That's where it began. And that series is also, it's like vampires, I want to say. Or it's like lots of different things, potentially. <laughs> but... I want to talk about her leopard series um, because why not? We're talking about animals. So this series, according to Goodreads, is called Leopard People. Um, But I've always just heard it referred to as, oh, the leopard series, right? Um, And it begins with a book called Wild Rain. Um, All of these these heroes are cats. I mean, they're all leopards, but there are also some other cats that sort of roam around, too. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and they're, they shift into cats. There are panthers and other things. Um, and there is, and again, talk about, it feels like, again, these are, this is a shifter series where, you know, she really set the standard for taking the finger. The oh, kind yeah. of like, you know what? He's a cat. So like, sometimes he's going to be a cat and sometimes she's going to be a cat and sometimes they're going to bone as cats. And like, it's just a lot. <laughs> so so just, you know, enter, enter with, has with no an fear. open heart. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first book, Wild Rain, is uh, the heroine is on the run. She is she's like attacked at a port of call, like near a rainforest in South America. Again, you know, just remember, it's, this is of a time, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, and she has to basically run like run through the jungle. And Fian obviously has like a thing about jungle because a lot of her books are 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 set in the jungle. Yeah. Um, but all of her heroes are also jungle cats. Um, there, There's a lot of world building here. Like, you are going to smell and taste the jungle before you you leave it. Um, but the heroine is on the run. She's being chased. She's, she might be wounded. I can't remember. But, like, she's it's, it's not great. And she ends up in a treehouse, a jungle treehouse, as sure. one does. Of course. Um, and she gets up there. And then what do you think she discovers, Jen? There is a man who lives in this treehouse. Of course. And he lives there with two snow leopards. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I mean. And, I mean, that all checks out. And uh, Wait. he 
Did you yes. hear about the Dallas Zoo this week that a snow leopard went missing from an enclosure? Oh, yeah, I did. Did it eat a bunch of people? I hope so. I don't think so. I, I mean, don't think it fell in love with a human woman either. Real missed opportunity there, Cloud Leopard <laughs> fan. So anyway, <laughs> they found it and they went back into its Cloud Leopard cage. But I, I just want you to know, in real life, when these things happen, it's nowhere near as exciting. It's unfortunate that, <laughs> for real. So anyway, so Rio, <laughs> Rio the hero here, um, of course, right? He is like, all right, I am gonna, I'm gonna help you. Like, I'm gonna heal your wounds and like take care of you. He's like often naked, I think, too, because he's, sure. you know, when you shift, you wreck your clothes. I mean, you might as well just run around naked. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> He comes fur coat installed already. <laughs> anyway, and then he's sort of like, hey, listen, you don't smell so right. Meaning, or rather, he's like, hey, listen, you smell real right. And it turns out, of course, that our heroine, Rachel, is also a cat. Oh, amazing. Yes. And so she is one of these leopard people. Her mom has been telling her stories about the leopards since she was young, but like never did anybody suggest that at some point she would become a leopard. You would think that that would be a thing that your mom would like maybe drop into conversation. I like, feel like it would be part of the, hey, here's how periods sure. work. And also, <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> um. Anyway, and it was very fun, and it is very fun, um, or at least it was when I read it a million years ago. Um, but I just want to say, like, if you're interested in shifters and you are listening to Fate of Mates because you are interested also in the history of romance, yeah, it's sort of impossible for you to not talk yeah. about this without going back to Christine. So I want to just honor Christine Fian, uh, yeah. Wild Rain is a lot about a jungle, but there are other <laughs> books in that series that you perhaps would like more or differently. Um, or like if you're not into leopards, but you are into panthers or you are into lynxes, she's got you. Just, you got it. It's going to be great. You know how, even though I feel like I've read everything, there's people I've like never read. And the first time I read a Christine Fian book, it was like 2018 or 2019. Uh -huh. It was fairly recently. And, and where your eyes just opened. I was like, what am I <laughs> reading? And how has no one ever told me about this before? <laughs> it's funny because, like, in all the time that we did the Cressley pieces, we never talked to Cressley, right? Right. And we have really only talked to J.R. Ward in yeah. the paranormal world. Yeah, um, Though true. I think, I hope very much that is changing this year. Um, cro fingers crossed. But I think there is also something... It like talking to J.R. Ward, what she said in her in, in her Trailblazer interview when when she said, "Oh well, Wrath just came to me." Yes, and then all the brothers just came to me, and so I started writing their stories because these were the stories that they were telling me. I feel like shifter writers or paranormal writers have a sort of vibe like that where they. Yeah. It really does feel like they're plugging into something. Really deep. In their psyche. I completely agree. This week's episode is sponsored by Lumi Labs, creators of microdosed gummies, which deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. 
What is great about these is I have tried, uh, I have like two kind of specific maladies I've tried these for, and it's worked really great for both. One is I have trouble falling asleep, and that has been really helpful to just take one at bedtime. But also I have restless leg syndrome. And so sometimes in the afternoon, that's something that, I, you know, I'm kind of dealing with later in the afternoon. And I um, have taken them at that time, and it has been really helpful too. That's awesome. Eric said that he's been taking them and finding a lot of focus during the day. So I think depending on what you get from THC in general, um, you might be able to find a little a little bit of that in these gummies. I tried them last week um, and I was looking for focus but actually got the sleep. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, look, nothing wrong with that. Out like a light, slept like a baby. I'm for it. They do really taste great and feel amazing. Um, you can get them through the mail, which I think is a real benefit, and they are available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick online search or go to microdose.com, where you can use the code FADEDMATES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. You can find links in show notes, but again, that's microdose.com, code FATEDMATES. And thanks so much to Lumi Labs and Microdose Gummies for sponsoring the episode. Okay, so I am going to shift a little to mm -hmm. talking oh, well about, I know, aren't you proud of me? Um, I am. If you were a fan of like Shelley Lawrenston, who I think what Shelley Lawrenston. yes. So I think one of the things about shifter books is they tend to take themselves very seriously, right? And Shelley Lawrenson, that is absolutely not the case. Like, they are just really funny, no. like, rompy, like, almost like, what if this was, like, less intense? She's a delight. Yes, absolutely. And you could check out any of her books. Uh, the one thing I will say is there is a lot of really dense, like, world building and characters, like, repeat. This is not Shelley. You cannot pick up a Shelley, like book 15 of a Shelley Lawrenston, you know, shifter series and kind of know what's going on. Like, just go back and start at the beginning. Uh -huh. But I was really curious to see, like, if anybody else has been doing, like, what I consider, like, sort of funny paranormal, like, funny shifter books. And I found a series by Eve Langless. I've talked about her before because she had a series I really liked where, like, a bunch of assassins go and live in the suburbs. <laughs> um, and in this case, she has a series called the Furry United Coalition. F U C. These are the agents of fuck for short. Nice. Which I'm not mad about it. Uh huh. And I read the one called Croc and the Fox, which is number three. And each of these, the titles are like um, tell you what the match is, like Bunny and the Bear, Swan and the Bear, right? And in uh -huh. Croc and the Fox, um. So he, his name's Victor, and he is a crocodile shifter. And he, <laughs> I know, and I was like, I already love it. It's just like, it was like, it's just like really, it's not silly, but it just definitely is fun. Like they were just going for fun. Um, He and his team, and I, it, it seems clear it was all set up in earlier books, but I dropped, I air dropped into number three here, are going, have found, they have like their, their arch enemy is this mastermind who has, some so Hamas has a secret lair where they are like uh the mastermind is like experimenting on people and making shifters and et cetera. 
So they find the underground lair, and he's an agent of fuck. And he, so he is part of the team, like, essentially freeing people and trying to figure out, like, is Mastermind in the lair, right? And he comes across this beautiful woman in, like, the basement of this facility where, like, kind of like the most hideous, like, creatures are kind of being held. And she doesn't even have her name. She tells him that her name is Project X. X081 and like she just refers to herself as project because she and as far as her memory is concerned has like lived there her entire life and she's like 25 or 26 and so she's like never seen the world she just has lived in this lair so like he takes her outside and she sees like the sky and she freaks out like right and she just clings to victor he is the one who is just going to, like, she trusts him, right? Like, he found her and she trusts him. You know, she's never seen the sun before. Like, everything is just like this, like, I've heard about these things. I didn't think they were real. And um, so they get back to the office. <laughs> and uh, they don't have enough. They, like, didn't expect they'd have, like, be freeing so many prisoners. And so, of course, she has to go home with him to live. Obviously. Obviously. And he gives her a name. Like he's, she's like, he's like, project is not a name. We should come up with a name for you. And he like lists off a bunch of names. She decides her name should be Renee. And so Renee and Victor, <laughs> I know, I just, I don't know why like Sarah, this book like delighted me. I like couldn't stop reading it. That's amazing. And so she's like, this is great. You know what? I've been pretty interested in having sex. What do you think? And he is like, what? <laughs> Right. And then like the next day she goes in and she's like telling everybody like he won't have sex with me. I don't understand. Like I thought this place was called the Agents of Fuck. I mean, honestly, the whole thing was great. And it turns out that one of the reasons she's been in there so long is because she fell into like some sort of vat of like, sure, right, like radioactive, radioactive something. And it has made her essentially like almost like a super shifter soldier. But so she has to figure out what her shifting talent is and, right, Victor's going to help her and they're going to pursue the mastermind and there's like a big bunch of silliness that goes along with it. And it was great. And I loved it. Amazing. It was great. Amazing. Well, since you brought up super radioactive goo. Yes. I feel like it's time. It's time. Okay, so. And I can't believe you've never read these books. (laughs) <laughs> Lauren Donner <laughs> used to write. I never have. I think for Alora's Cave. I think these books all came oh, out. Oh man, that's from Alora's Cave. So, right. um, way back in the day, you guys, there was a small publisher called Alora's Cave, and they were well, they were renowned for writing like for publishing erotic romance mostly, but. More than just erotic romance, it was all this kind of stuff that traditional romance publishers would not touch. Um, And this was back before it was right at the cusp of ebooks. And so some people were self publishing. Yes. But it was not easy. It wasn't, the system wasn't structured really for people to just be able to like throw their book up. Um, So you really had to like build a company, build a business. Not that it's not still a business to self-publish, but, like, you really had to do a lot of extra work. Right, right. So there were a number of these small publishers who saw the opportunity in e-books and started acquiring some of this, for lack of a better term, weird stuff. (laughs) And listen, I read all of it. 
I've read Loran. so many amazing weird things from Alora's cave. Yeah. What a well, blessing. Loran Donner <laughs> wrote a series called the New Species series. And it begins with this like very like almost milk toast, like a very kind of prim and proper nurse, Ellie, mm-hmm. who discovers that the pharmaceutical company she is working for. Uh, it has done a number of illegal experiments. Sure. Splicing human and animal DNA together to create... Manimal. Manimals. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I love it so much. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with me. I'm not proud of how <laughs> I have read every book in this series. But here we are. I feel like I can be honest with everyone. Okay, so they all have these names. There are a lot of names here, uh-huh. but the first book is called Fury. Um, and Fury is like in a cage. Like he, they're all caged because what these doctors sure. have done is not great. Meaning they've basically said, "I'm we're gonna splice together like." It's like cats, dogs, monkeys, and something else. Like, it's like, you know, your standard, your standard sure. animals. Sure. <laughs> so, and they're like, we're going to splice together, like, these this DNA. And then what ends up happening is they create these people who have, like, extraordinary strength or, like, extraordinary speed or amazing eyesight. And so they become, like, basically super, they, they are super soldiers, except they are sentient beings. Mm. And they don't want to be held in cages. I mean, it's there's a lot going on here. Anyway, Ellie, like, lets him out because she can't. Like, she's oh, like, I'm she's so soft inside, I'm sure. Yeah, right? and she's like, it's I, wrong. And he, like, has never been touched by a human that mm. in a way that is soft and gentle. And these books are so kinky. And like you just like these these heroes are so protective and also like I mean visceral. Yeah, these books are right. visceral. Right, like that's a great. And word I think for that's it. the thing about a, a lot of these these series is like they really feel they feel feeling. Yeah, yeah. At an eleven, <laughs> and so oh. um, so yeah, you can start here with Fury. <laughs> And then they get um, more and more. There's so then there are like other ones with doctors and like you know there are you know there are all all different kinds. And then eventually they are given like a space. Okay. Like they're basically freed from this like that this pharmaceutical company research facility, and they are given like essentially like a cordoned off like town yeah called like species town probably i honestly can't remember <laughs> and this happens later and species then they like town. build a like uh uh they get they build a government and they like hire a leader like they like elect a leader and it's really fast what's fascinating is like loran donner deeply commits to like this is what she's going to do. The government has mistreated these people. Yeah. Now they have been given, like, space to create their own community. That community is going to be, like, somewhat utopian in a lot of ways. But, yeah. like, there's politics and there's, like, a government. And also, but don't don't get it twisted, you guys. Like, 
that's all happening like very much in the background because most of it is just two people just fully going at it for <laughs> well, a full 300 pages. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's a I lot hope of— you all put your headphones in for this one. <laughs> I mean, it's a little I, late now. Too late, Sarah. Too late. I know. You know what's interesting is I do think a lot of, like, I was thinking about, like, other favorite. I do like the Shifter series where they, like, there's, like, a different groups, right? Like, so I was thinking about, we talked about um, the uh, Harrisons. Oh, right? yeah. Right? Like, Dragon Dragonbound. Wow, that's a great book. God, it's terrific, right? And I mean, that I know. hero the, is the dragon. Yes, obviously. Shifter. But in the world, like, right, like, his head of security is, like, a future book, and there's, like, a Thunderbird or something, or right? So, I mean, there's, like, a bunch of different ones, and I do think that, like, those are those are pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, it is, okay, I feel like I, can I talk about, like, super soldiers for a minute? I feel uh, yeah, like it well, is wait, a, let yeah, me just ahead. give you one more piece about oh, yeah, Loran yeah. Donner, and then we'll move <laughs> forward. Uh, she also has a series called Cyborg Seduction, yes. where all the heroes are spliced with. Listen, I like those metal. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I like those a lot. You know who? And then, going. and that's super soldiery, too. You know who writes a great cyborg series? Hold on. Let me look because I'm spacing out on her name right now. Um, Yeah, I'll read the hell out of those. I feel like they are... I feel like one of the things about cyborgs is they're really preserving the... It's like... Space. Yeah, right? Like, I like a sci-fi romance. Cynthia I mean, it is interesting that these didn't... These did not occur to me when we did our romance in space books, but these are romances in space. Yeah. Obviously, because the science has to be... Right. Right. Impressive. And, like, all of the heroines in the Cyborg, cyborg series are, like, pilots of spaceships yeah. or, like, space thieves, like the Lady Han Solo or a mechanic. Um, again, yeah. gender essentialism. It's fine. I'm not proud of it, but it's, yeah. Cynthia yeah. Sachs has an entire series I really like called Cyborg Sizzle. Just telling me, right, what I need oh, to know. Oh, I love Cynthia Sachs. She writes a great book. She writes a great book. Yeah. Right? And yeah, she yeah, has yeah. a whole, like, cyborg. She had some, there's a couple of, at one point she sort of transitioned away from writing, like, contemporary and just write cyborgs now. And you know what? You cannot go wrong. Like, just Mm-mm. go ahead and sign a form. Uh-huh. Um, literally book one, the tagline is um, half man, half machine, all hers. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's that's what I want. I love it. Yeah. And they all have names like Rage and Vapor and, you know, Crash. And I like that too. Mayhem. I love it. I think was my favorite, Chasing Mayhem. Okay. Um, I would like to talk, I know it's a bit of a distraction, but when we got to like Manimal, and then I was like, like kind of, you know, you somebody experimented on you to like make you whatever you were. I do have, Rebe- you know, I'm always talking about Rebecca Zanetti. And she has a whole series where there was someone who was like experimenting on soldiers. So they're more like Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. But to me, I feel like they are, this is like a similar bucket, right? And in particular, my favorite of this subgenre of hers is one called Forgotten Sins. And here's why. Because I, as soon as I describe this, you'll know exactly why I loved it. Josie is the heroine 
she had like a really brief, super passionate affair with this man named Shane. They got married, right? And then he disappears without a trace. Gone for years. Uh And she has been called to the hospital. Uh Shane has been found and he has no memory. And she's like, great, I'm going to bring these divorce papers right over so he can sign them. Fuck this guy. Yeah. But you know what? No, that's not how it turns out, right? He is basically like, he has no memory of her, but he knows like she's mine. And it's really, I found it was like a really cool way to explore, I don't know, like the promise of this, this faded meets is that they'd never leave you. Right? Yeah. So then he does. How did that happen? Like, what was the cause of it? And, of course, he can't remember. And, well, that's, it's great. The money of that, of this, this, that particular uh, setup is they never remember. Yeah. They don't, right? Like, because if they did, they wouldn't have left her. Sure. Right? It's fantastic. And then there was a whole spinoff series, The Blood Brothers, where, again, they, there's, like, it turns out a separate group of guys who had also been, you know, and again, they're not shifters, but I do feel like that, like, super soldier vibe is often pretty much exactly the same. It's like the Omegaverse uh-huh. for shifters. Super soldiers. Yeah. But, yeah, I really remember loving that book. And so even though it's not quite manimal, I do feel like it's at least tangentially related I do have one where the lady is the manimal. Ooh, tell me. The lady is a manimal. She's a maniac, uh, maniac. Have you ever read any of those books by Sherry Kohler? No. Who you might know better as Sophie Jordan. I do know that that's, but I didn't know <laughs> that she wrote a bunch. I didn't know she wrote a manimal lady. She wrote a Moon Chasers series. And it is... All you imagine it to be. That sounds right up my alley, doesn't it? Jen. So if you all are out there and you are Sophie Jordan fans, and we know that there are many, many, many of you out there who are Sophie Jordan fans. um, Back in the day, in the late aughts, she wrote a paranormal series under the name Sherry Kohler. And this series, the first one, marked by Moonlight. Yes. Uh, Claire, the heroine. You're going to love this, Jen. I love it already. She is, like, just a normal teacher. She, like, she's just, like, a normal person. And one day, she wakes up, and she has gone something. Because she, her eyes are now silver. Ooh. She's, like, feeling far more com- confident in her life. She wants to do it all the time. And her hair looks great. (laughs) This is really, that's fair. That's how it should be. And she's like, has something happened? Like, literally, did something happen to me? Well, let me tell you. Gideon, I mean, please, Gideon. Gideon wanders in and he says, well, it's interesting because I'm pretty sure that you were bitten by a werewolf. And she's (laughs) like, who the hell are you? And he's like... He's like, listen, this is very serious. You have been bitten by a werewolf, which means that you are about to turn into a werewolf. And if we don't get this all sorted by the next full moon, you are going to be a werewolf. And that is a big problem because I really like you a whole lot. And we, I never want to let you go. But I am, in fact, a werewolf hunter. 
So if the full moon comes and goes and you have become a werewolf, I will have no choice. Right. But to kill you. Yes, obviously. And so it goes on from there. There's a whole series. They are super duper fun. And um, I think you'll all enjoy them. I am really excited about it. So I, you know what? I just looked at book number one, which I, of course, managed to buy back in 2018. Oh, well, there you go. Sure. Sometimes that happens, everybody. You go and you look it up and you're like, oh, I own that item. I love it. I love it, too. There's nothing anyway, wrong Anyway, so Sophie Jordan, Jack of all trades. What, a, what an amazing thing. What an amazing thing. Well, um, I do have one more. Okay, tell are me. You, yeah, no, no. Know? Well, because I thought that the, that all of these books that I've referenced are of an age. Yeah. And so, and I know we did the monster episode, and I know we've done some other sort of mm. books that are, that sort of dance around this world. But I did want to acknowledge, like I did at the beginning, that shifters look really different now. Yeah. Um, and they look, for lack of a better term, like softer in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? Like you mentioned that there are lots of different animals now. Right. And, right. You know, the, a lot of the stuff that really scratched an ish and flew in like 2005 to 2015 does not anymore like that is that is of that is a, like i said a generation ago that is like gen x romance yeah, right. right so now we're looking at like millennial romance slash gen y romance and shifters look different now and i want to call out but that doesn't mean that they don't look great um so i want to talk just briefly i'm on the record as being a huge rebel carter fan mm-hmm. i want to talk about the oak fast faded mates series which begins with the book barista and the bear which nice. i think is an absolutely terrific title because it delivers you you know exactly what you are getting when you pick this book up um teresa ruiz the the heroine of this book uh has just inherited her aunt's coffee shop and it happens to be in a town where it's like faded mates, like shifters and faded mates are like a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody around her kind of acknowledges that there's magic and that everyone gets a faded mate potentially, right? Um, and her faded mate, Cash, who is a bear shifter, like a deeply big, cuddly, nothing wrong bear shifter, yeah. Yeah. right? Walks into the coffee shop. He's like, you're my fated mate. It's very clear to everybody that they're fated mates. And she doesn't necessarily disagree that she's his fated mate. But her concern is like, leaving this to magic in many ways takes the magic out of it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, if Mm -hmm. we, like, how am I supposed to just be your mate when, like, we don't know each other and we haven't? like, had any experiences that make me believe in us. And I think that's a really thoughtful question. Yes. Like, it surprises me in a lot of ways that, like, we just never asked it right. in these old books. Right. But like, so this book is not a traditional, there is, this is not a romantic suspense. It's very much about, like, two people falling in love. Yeah. Yeah. And he is, Cash is, a real delight like he's like just a decent dude Mm. who you love and rebel doesn't mess around this is a novella it's like thirty thousand words like perfect it's a little morsel of a 
treat. She's not trying to give you like she doesn't. There's it's a very sweet book that will is a it'll it'll scratch a very particular kind of itch for you. Yeah. So I mentioned I'm going to just mention then a series that I really liked that has I guess a similar vibe, right? The Mismatched Mate series by Elliot Grayson. Uh-huh. I have talked about one of these before. I talked about the Alpha's Warlock. Um, I think now that I know a little more, I understand some of these have these like Omegaverse themes, like there's some nodding and such. But uh-huh. um, the the cool thing about this is um, they are gay romance, right? So these are also like Great. shifters that are, um, right, like part of the pack and, you know, like it's sort of like what's my place in the pack and it's great. Like, so it's a whole series. I believe that there are, I, well, I think Elliot Grayson has written quite a lot, but The Alpha's Warlock is the first book in Mismatched Mates. And if you like that one, um, you will really like, I think, this whole series. So again, though, like Mismatched Mates or like Rejected Mates, like I do think playing around with this whole thing about like, right, like does fate really know what it's doing is like a great way that this whole subgenre has really evolved. Awesome. Perfect. Read some shifter romances, everybody. Well, you everybody. know how we feel about Fated Mates here at Fated Mates. <laughs> I'm Sarah McLean. I'm here with my friend Jen Prokop, who is my reading Fated Mate. Um, you can find us online at fatedmates.net, where you can find show notes and all a list of all the books that we talk about in the podcast every week. You can find us online at Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at Fated Mates. On Instagram, at FatedMatesPod. On Tumblr, at FatedMates. Um, and uh, we should say we did talk about some Avon published books today. HarperCollins Union is still on strike. 